Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Happy birthday to you. Grace, I don't like birthdays. Happy birthday. Dear Alistair Campbell, Campbell Clara on Twitter and Instagram. Ne- never ever like birthdays. He was a Happy kid like birthday to, to you. No, you can't sing it for yourself. No, no, you can't sing it. It's bad luck. You can't sing it. Okay. Happy birthday, Dad. Thank you, Grace. Thank you for my lovely present. I really liked it. De rien. Really nice. Made, I made you a masterpiece, didn't I? You did, actually, yeah. It's a film of ten reasons why Alistair Campbell is loved. And also, but with music, Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley, walk like a man. Walk like a man. I thought that was sort of juxtaposed like because it's like we make yeah, a podcast a lot of about feminism. It was you. You were projecting me as some kind of thug. I was like tackling protesters, having a fight on a football field, shouting at Adam Bolton. It was all that stuff, wasn't it? No, just one reason it wasn't much why. Love. One reason. It was so much love. What are you on about? One reason why you you are loved is because you get into good TV fights. That's why you always trend on Twitter, because you know how to get attention. I saw your thing the other day, which was very, I did think it was funny, it made me laugh. What? You did a, a thing on Instagram of you looking at me trending on Twitter going, oh no, what yeah. has he done? That's now? actually what happened though. It happens all the time, you trend on Twitter more than like people in your same league. Sorry, who's in my league? Well, no, no one really, because it's like hard to define. But you're always trending on Twitter, right? And I woke up. Uh, on, it was on Sunday, wasn't it? When Dominic Cummings' story was breaking. When the Dominic Cummings mm. story was breaking, and they were timing it just perfectly so that they could just run away and hide this week. Um, and I saw you were trending, and I was like, oh, either he's dead. Mm-hmm. Or he's gotten into a punch up, but we're all self isolating, so I don't know how either of those would have then happened. Then it would have to be with mum. Yeah, then he's. <laughs> and then I texted you saying, Why are you trending? And you said, I punched someone at the corner shop because they cussed you. <laughs> Did you believe it? Did I believe it? No. Okay. I didn't believe it because, yeah. again, you don't even go to the corner shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so happy birthday. Thanks, Grace. O- obviously, it's hilarious because you're so like don't care about your birthday. So all day yesterday, we were just doing mm. interviews on the telly about Domcom. Mm. I don't, I've never liked birthday. I didn't really get into birthdays as a kid, really. I didn't mind them. And I've never, mum finds it so hard to get me presents because I don't like kind of, I'm not really into clothes and, you know, but she got me brilliant. You should have described my attire today. Stop, stop doing that. Just make sure it doesn't fall out. Just hold it, leave it like that. Okay. It'll be fine. 
Do you want to describe my attire to the Well, listeners? you're just wearing some Ted Baker shorts, so they're sort of fashion. Yeah, they're pink, though. No, pink is j'adore. Is it? Okay. Pink is fashion. And um, a Burnley training t-shirt with the Love Bet sponsorship Ooh, on I wish it. We, I wish we didn't have that anyway, we do. So you're not fashionable. So I thought, well, what can I get a man who I already give so much to by doing a podcast with him and helping <laughs> break his career a bit? And I already do so much for you in technical stuff. I help you get on security Skype. Work. Your permanent security guard. Mm. I'll help you approve content. Mm. Um, all that kind of jazz. So I thought I'll make you a video. Yeah, um, was nice. So you know how loved you are. Mm, it's very nice. I'd, the other presents I love, I've got two amazing books about trees. You did? I mean, the one that Liz got those sort of pictures, the guy went around the world. Getting, I mean, I'm telling you, this World Tree Competition is going to be big when we do it. Well, that was one of my reasons why you're loved, because you're a tree connoisseur. I'm not a connoisseur. Well, you are. I don't really know, because I, I couldn't tell you what all the trees are. I just know that I like them. No, but you're you're a good blagger, Dad, so you could so. say you're a tree connoisseur okay. if you want okay. to. Okay. You could be really good at sort of making it up. It's like people who, who are interested in art and they don't really know anything about art, but yeah. they can, like, blag about it. Right. So did you watch the Cummings press conference? Yeah, I watched it yesterday when I was a little bit drunk on the heath. Yeah, I thought you were a bit drunk yesterday. Yeah, j'adore. It was oh, bank holiday. Shut I really up. Yeah, I hate that. What do you mean you hate that? Live, laugh, drunk. love. Get a grip. It's too much of it. Yeah, but you can't can. impose on my life. I can. You can't. You live in my house. You don't pay rent. But I would just like to say a big point. You, because you have a really troubled relationship with alcohol, you project that onto me. I don't have a trouble. That's I, probably true. I just have a few drinks, have a great time, live, laugh, love. Yeah, you were a bit loud last night. We had the best time ever. <laughs> you were literally hysterically laughing at me. You were like out of control laughing at me. Yeah, are, so we you can't to, even... are we allowed to talk about the project yet? No, not yet. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, we were laughing about the project. <laughs> no, you were hysterical. Yeah, well, some of it was funny. What I was laughing as well was the fact that I was finding it so funny. And mum... And mum was just sort of sitting there, why is this funny? She was just on her phone. It yeah, was so rude. Yeah, this stuff. It's so annoying. Mm. So anyway, it. I did watch the Dom come. Mm-hmm. Um, what a knob. What a knobhead. Mm-hmm. Where should we start? I know people would want to hear... Well, you've been talking about it a lot, but I know, you know, people listen to this podcast mainly for me and, you know, cause it's one of the rare times that I speak in public now. And so I know people want to know what I think about it all. Yeah. Um, and I just think they... I think they're basically gaslighting a whole country and they're trying to... Do you know what gaslighting is? Yeah. Not really, tell me. It's basically when you make someone think that they're making something up in their head basically so right. like what the way they're doing this to us is they're making us think that he didn't do anything wrong because we could have all been doing that right so we're wrong in thinking he's done something wrong because he was actually abiding by the rules like okay. michael gove this morning mm. it was just but he was ridiculous it, it was ridiculous about, it was absurd he went with his wife for an eye test drive that was These the most eye test drives going to be good but it's the most, like, it's the most, the but thick of that, it. How, v- can be, how can that ever be helpful to a government? Or to a person in this situation? Well, I think, really, to be honest, they're laughing at us. Why? Because they're getting away with this. Not sure about that. Yeah, but th- they will, for mm. a while. It will, it will sort yeah, of but transpire. The, the, the but... thing that happens, though, in, in politics is you have... 
parliaments and if you get a really long run of government like Mrs Thatcher did, Tony did, you can do a lot of change. This lot have been on power for a long time, but you had the coalition, you had Cameron for a bit, you had the referendum, you had May, you've now got Johnson. They haven't achieved much and I, unless they get two or three terms beyond this, they can't really do as much damage as they would. And so therefore, I agree with you, they'll get away with it in that Johnson's still going to be prime minister in this year, next year, whatever. But this is defining, I think, for a lot of people. It's like MPs' expenses. Like, this is turning into MPs' expenses without the money. Um, and one of the things, what you find in, in politics, and, and I know that people listening only want to hear what you can. I just have a couple of minutes? To no, know. no, for sure. And then, yeah. Then we'll get back to you. Yeah. No worries yeah, at all. Yeah. And people can go and make a cup of tea if they want. But um, also, if you haven't heard of him, you could, in this time, just look up, find out Google. who he is. Um, yeah, Google. I mean, I did engine. say a lot of this on the television and the radio in about, nine, probably in about not, 19 they, countries They've probably not yesterday. heard that, no. No. People don't no. really, they've not heard of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but one of the things I think about, that I really think the deep thing about this is that what is it that people who knew Boris Johnson said about him that made us worried about him becoming Prime Minister? Lazy, venal, corrupt, intellectually corrupt, morally corrupt, no personal morality, no political morality, doesn't know how to build a team, thinks it's all a game, thinks it's all funny. All of those qualities were fine for him being a bit of a joker, becoming famous. And I think for a lot of these guys it is about fame, to be honest, rather than changing the country. And now that he's Prime Minister, I think you see somebody... I thought this watching the press conference after Cummings. And, I mean, can you imagine a situation where Thatcher... Say where Bernard Ingham, her press secretary, did a press conference in the garden and then she did a press conference to explain it. Or I did a press conference and then Tony went... I mean, it just doesn't even, mm. doesn't even bear thinking about. Mm. And yet that's what's happened. And what I thought watching Johnson was... I saw somebody who knows he can't do the job. And I think he's become... Now, listen, I've got a lot of respect for Tony. And Tony, I think, was very, very capable as a prime minister. He had a lot of qualities to do the job. But I do remember, and you'll remember, and Mum certainly remembers, at a time when both Angie Hunter and I were saying that we wanted to leave, Tony was absolutely panicking about it. Because leaders who are very exposed get very dependent on some people. And it might be that. Or it might be, this is Rory, your brother's th thought, he thinks that Cummings is just a lot cleverer than Johnson. Johnson's not very clever. Cummings is quite clever, even though I'm not sure he's that clever. He's certainly not a scientist, even though he thinks he is. And he just thinks he can't do the job without him, so he's got to hang on to him. But I don't think I've ever seen but, so but much... But that seems to me like that... It just wouldn't make any logical sense because it will do so much more harm to Boris Johnson. Well, I think so. And I hope so and too. And harm within the party because well, that's people, happening. yeah, exactly. So that's what that's where I am. Like, and you know, I love a good sort of gossip conspiracy. But that's where I'm like, well, maybe Dominic Cummings just has something massive on Boris mm. Johnson. Mm. I mean, the thing that can I just say quickly because I know we'll go back to you because I know everyone this is your big break and it's the first time they've heard you speak about politics before. But the thing that I really found so frustrating was that, uh, on Sunday when the press were outside Dominic Cummings' house and he was like. He said that thing of, you were wrong about Brexit, weren't you? Mm. Look at, and it was this thing of, he really thinks he's going to get away with this. Well, you know when, we, when you were doing the Edinburgh Festival, mm. the Fringe, and I did that thing with James Graham at the television festival, James Graham who wrote the Benedict Cumberbatch movie. And I remember saying the to one him about, about Cummings. Cummings, and I said to him, this is all your fault. And 
I said then that I think the problem with Cummings is that he actually now doesn't think he's a, an advisor. He thinks he's playing himself in a film. I think there is something really quite strange about him. No, same. Um, That's what's been freaking me out. But do you know the thing that really did my head in? Well, lots of things did my head in. The eye ties, the, the, the drive to see whether you're blind thing was quite difficult to take. But then this absolute well, I... garbage that the reason he had to go to Durham was because he was worried about security. Couldn't believe that. I've seen him walking up and down that road so many times. No, Most people don't know who he is until the last few days. Mm. And then, yes, he got a bit of abuse the other day. But my God, if you do you remember some of those times when we had people here? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm just trying to think, like, if you would ever... what? It, okay, so I'm trying to think of what was going through their heads when they were trying to rationalise this and think about how they were going to mm. justify it to the public. And so they thought, okay, basically, they wanted to go to their really lovely estate where they probably have mm. acres of land and mm. it would just be really nice. Nice woods. Place. Nice woods, nice mm. place to chill out and be in lockdown, right? Mm. So they probably did that. She's already, the wife already said that she had COVID-19 and now they're trying to say she didn't have COVID-19. Because yeah, if she did, he should not have gone back to Downing Street when he went back to look after her. To see all of these That's people. a lie. Uh, so they've told so many lies. First and foremost, they're super spreaders. <laughs> That's what they are. Um, but so what, what I just, I really want to understand is why they then thought to say... This is, I mean, watching Michael Gove try and say this thing of they had to go for a 30 mile drive just to see. To check whether they could do a longer they drive. They could do a longer drive and if he could go back to work. I do that every day. It's like when I'm going to the Lido, I always walk down to the bottom of the road and come to, back and then to come see if back. I could do it. Then I walk yeah. a bit further. But then also, what you do is you go, you sort of stop and you, you sort of look around a bit. So, like, they didn't want to just drive. No. You have to look minutes. at woods. They had to also go and see some bluebells. I and think like so. this, mm. And they had to see if they could see the castle as well, because if his eyes weren't working, mm. they had to see if they could see the castle. And then Boris Johnson's now making up that he had never needed glasses. Yeah, when he said in 2014 that he was blind as a bat and he couldn't see anything without his glasses. Yeah. But listen, they're inveterate lies. They're venal people, and the sooner they're gone, the better. I know, but the thing is, the thing that I really feel in it... It's becoming more and more like Trump. Is I I just don't think they care, and you think they do. You like maybe Boris Johnson is because I'm really interested. I've read lots of gossip about <clears throat> Carrie Simmons and Dominic Cummings clashing a lot, mm. and I wonder. I I'd love to know what like that relationship is like. Well, I don't know, but I'll tell you the other thing. That was, it, it is like Trump, in, but the thing about look, Trump is obviously a narcissist. He's obviously a terrible human being on so many levels. And I get the feeling with Trump that deep down, because he is such a narcissist, he, he, he doesn't, it's not that he doesn't care what other people think, he, he imagines that they all think he's wonderful. Whereas I think with Johnson, he genuinely, genuinely is only alive, he only feels alive when people are looking at him and finding him attractive and interesting and amusing. When they actually look at him and think, they think, you're the Prime Minister and you're absolutely fucking shit at your job, that hurts him. Whereas I think Cummings... See, what Cummings does, he says to himself, well, yeah, Boris Johnson's shit his job, but he's got me and I can make it not quite so shit for him. And so they're both living under these kind of, you know, combination of truth and delusion. And it's ending up in a complete mess. And then the other thing which I thought this week, honestly, I remember I, was t I told this story to, on the telly this morning about I once phoned Charles Clark. You know Charles Clark, the Home Secretary? Mm -hmm. He was the Home Secretary. And it might have been education secretary at the time. And we, we, we were 
Christmas and New Year was always a nightmare in number 10 because the media was still sort of at you the whole time. And we used to try and think up things just to kind of keep them busy. So we had some situation we wanted to promote, but we needed somebody to dress up as Santa Claus. <laughs> so I phoned Charles Clark, who had a big sort of beard, a big, big sort of chubby chap and all that. I said, Charles, you could dress up as Santa Claus, could you? And he just said, oh, fuck off. <laughs> Put the phone down. And I thought, if Dominic Cubbies this week had said, Sunak, Raab, Gove, Williamson, Shaps, Sharma, Patel, Johnson, I want you all to dress up as Santa Claus or Snow, even better, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And I want you then to go and sort of, you know, run around Big Ben. They'd do it. Yeah, they'd do it. Yeah, yeah. Pathetic, they'd love it. Craven people. But that's the other thing. Like, I loved Kay Burley this morning. She was good. That was oh, a good interview. It was so good. But my mm. favourite bit was then, because this is what I kept saying yesterday, was when she was like, so you've known Dominic Cummings for 20 years. Why did he not feel... You know, it's incredibly sad that he didn't feel he could call you. And, and he was like, he was obviously pretending he couldn't understand. And that's what I kept saying. The fact that they're trying to excuse leaving because they didn't know anyone in London that they could rely on is basically saying I know, nobody what, fucking likes her. I think one of the things that makes me angriest as a fully-fledged feminist, as you know, yes. is that the, the clause in the bill that he is quoting to give him his justification for exceptional circumstances was put into the bill to protect vulnerable children and women at risk of violent domestic abuse. I know. Disgusting. I know. It's disgusting. No, it's, fu- it's so fucked So, listen, are we done? I mean, are we look, done, listen, I will say one thing. Calls. I will say one thing. I know, because you saw you've been doing it. I've not been doing it. I will say one thing, which is that, um, God, I would hate to be his child. Well, you don't know. You don't know. I mean, people used to say they'd hate to be my child, and I say, yeah. Well, yeah, you, and then you, they you, saw me, and they, they fell I in say, love I say, instantaneously. Try being their dad. And then they said, fuck, all I want to do is be Alistair Campbell's daughter. And look at her. She's just the epitome of style and fashion mm. and grace. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Um, kind of. <laughs> um, yeah. So I when think... are we going to be able to announce you? It's next week, Big actually. news. Next week. Mm. Cool. Um, so Keir Starmer uh, has only really done like one tweet on this whole thing. Has he? I've seen him on the news a couple of times. He definitely isn't. I mean, he's certainly not going like you know, zoom, I'm going for it. Ian Blackford, the SNP guy, is. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, who knew that the Lib Dems had a new leader before this? I didn't. Big Ed. Yeah. Uh, I think he's kind of playing a long game. Um. But I'd like, I think what he should do, and I've said this to a few people, as they say, I've said this to sources, um, is actually empower a few of the younger, you know, people who are really good at campaigning, like Stella Creasy and Jess Phillips and Pat McFadden and West Streeting and Stephen Doughty and Peter Kyle and Ben Bradshaw and these guys, just that are really good at kind of, because what this thing needs, and, I, and it's been a bit weird this week, because I've had, you've probably seen lots of people on sort of social media saying that it's like Alistair Campbell and Piers Morgan are kicking lumps out of these people, where's Labour? Mm. Which I don't think is a, I mean, you know, yes, we can do it in a very different way to a kind of, you know, frontline politician, certainly like Keir, I'm not suggesting he does it like we do it. But I think you can definitely have, you know, backbenchers and some frontbenchers doing that. Um... Because the thing about these stories, I, t- I said it earlier about being defining, you've got to make it defining. It's like the, you know, when we had the crash and the Tories made it as a defining issue, 
This is Labour. But that's why, like, they need to just keep banging out the line of one thing for us and another for them. Yeah. That just needs to be so repetitive and consistent. But it's also the facts of, you know, 50,000 people, excess deaths, worst in the world now, just about. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, Grace, I know we've had a lot of fun and we've done it now, I think, for eight weeks and I've played the bagpipes, but I'm not doing the club on Thursday. Not doing the club, okay. No, no. I don't know, it's a bit sad because it's the last one and I do feel... Why is it the last one, by the way? I think it just, it's just officially... Who's, who says it's the last one? don't know. Well, I mean, who's, who's made the decision? But I feel what's happened is that people have felt... It's been great, and it's been great in our street and we've had hundreds of people out, really good community. And last week we had even... It wasn't just the bagpipes, we had a trombone and a vuvuzela. And someone came out with a saucepan. Yeah, it was great. But I think that the government has co-opted it and I think actually they're... They use it now as part of the sort of cover. We're all in it together. And that's what it is for me, is that this week has shown we're not all in it together. And therefore... They don't give a shit about the NHS. No, they don't really. Like, they have done... They give a shit in that it gets him through the crisis. For sure. But the, the thing that is just so frustrating, and I want to know what you would have done, like, in a similar situation, is that not a single one of them has just said, yeah, apologise, we shouldn't have done that. No. That's that's what the sort of gaslighting thing is. It's right. making you feel like this other, like whoever's mm. t- talking to you has done nothing wrong, and they're making us feel they've done absolutely nothing wrong. And it makes would make I imagine people working for the NHS so fucking angry because they've sacrificed so much in the mm. last few months for for these people to just blatantly break the rules and not even acknowledge it. I know. And I think this other thing, the reason why the Cummings thing has cut through so much is there's not a single person in the country who hasn't had to not do something that they really wanted to do. Now, that goes from the sort of stuff that doesn't really matter, like, you know, have a nice holiday, go to see a play, go do all that, right? But, you know, I think the one that really cuts through to people is funerals. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we've had two friends, like Sid. Sid died, Sid Young my sort of mentor on the mirror, he di- I saw him just before he died, that then the gap between the death and the funeral, that's when the lockdown started. So even his wife couldn't go to the funeral, Jackie couldn't go to the funeral because she had symptoms or she was self-isolating. Oh it's horrible. And, like this, and so like they, people like, you know, decent people like that just abide by the rules. That's why it's cut through. Yeah. Or, you know, we've got another friend in hospital, as you know, and, you know, no, nobody can go to see him. It's... Um, or, you know, we've got a new baby in the family. Well, that's, that's what... But do did, you know you, Mama, did you know Mum and I had a new baby? Yeah, I know. Congratulations, <laughs> by the way. I don't know what to call him. Call it Dommy. Dommy. No, yeah. horrible name. But that is why... I hate those posh can I, Yeah, I hate, I hate posh people. Can I say that? You can say, say you hate posh people. I strongly dislike How did you define posh? Posh? What do you mean? When you said you hate... Oh, how do I define posh? Um... It's a good question because I think technically we're actually quite posh to the outside. So like at my school, people thought I was posh because I was much posher than everyone else at school. Mm. But what, what do you mean by that? Because you were quite well, quite well off background. Yeah, yeah. Nice Whereas house. I always, you sort of made me think that posh is defined by voice, sort of culture, like what people are into, people who play polo and rugby and all of that like rugby league's all right rugby league yeah but i still see like the rugby culture is quite posh compared to football um and then there's it's just like the way people dress like boat shoes and loafers and you know those i think education is the big thing 
Yeah, but then it's then that gets hard because, like we were saying this, I was saying this to you the other day. Like, there are people who have gone to private schools who aren't actually posh. Not many, of course, but then they'll be frustrated when people presume that they're posh. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that that picture over there is done by a friend of ours who's an artist and went went to Eton, uh, but sends all his kids to state schools. Mm. And of course, he sounds quite, you know sort of Johnsonian, but his kids don't. Uh, so I think it's about education. But I think the, the thing... The, the, and it's about values. Yeah, well, I think the reason this whole situation is like, it's such bad PR for posh people. <laughs> it is, honestly. Do you, think, do you think Portland should put out a pitch for posh people PR? Yeah, but I'm sure Dom Cum is already all over it like a rash. Did you ever go to that play, Posh? Yeah, no, I didn't, but I watched the film. I thought that was good. Yeah. I basically think, like, yeah, I think posh people, I mean, to be honest, they don't really need good PR because they just, they have money and everything else in between, so... Mm, it'll go, though. But the the PR for posh people right now has gone down the drain. Cause Do you remember that um, so play? Elitist. Laura Wilde wrote it, posh? It was basically about a kind of Bullingdon Club type thing. They were disgusting people. And that's sort of... Listen, listen Johnson is a disgusting person. But do you think, like, because I wonder how... Posh people will be doing on dating apps now. Posh people got no reason. Posh people got... Is that a song? No reason. Short people. Short people. Oh, that's horrible. Anyway, um, so that's the posh the posh thing. The poshies. The posh entitled Poshy privileged those. And obviously we're very privileged, but there's this... There's this yeah, we've, we've built ourselves up from a hole in the ground yeah, where I was sure. born. There's a sense of entitlement of people like Dominic Cummings in particular, and that's why he makes my blood boil. No, Johnson in particular. Yeah, but also Dominic Cummings. Like he yeah, makes sure. my blood curdle because he looks like he he has a proper sense to him that he thinks he can do one thing and tell us to do another. Mm. He believes that. I was, when Mum and I went to the Serpentine for a swim the other day, I got stopped on the way by this guy, and uh, he was a civil servant, and he stopped and he said, um, "Listen, keep going." Keep going. He said, I know you think it's bad in there, but believe me, these people are a lot worse even than you think. Mm. But was he talking about the water? <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't talking about the swimming. He was talking he about... said, I know you think it's bad in there. I was like, what, was there fish or... <laughs> I love the serpentine. It's yeah, great. I know. God. And the people there are so friendly. Yeah, you and mum really keep saying this. Well, apparently the cops have said they're, they're going to have to cut the numbers back. They just need to open the ponds. Really yeah, it's that. ridiculous. It's so annoying. I don't understand why they can't do it. Um, right. What was happening? Do you remember, you know, the other thing that I'm really pissed off about Cummings, do you remember that football match, one of the few games you came to when we beat Sheffield United at Wembley? When you got into the Premier? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, they replayed it on the club website the other day, but it was when the Cummings uh, story was all oh. raging. That was a good day, wasn't it? You can it? get it on YouTube. That was a good day. That was a good day. That was a big day. We all went. Whole family went. Whole family. All sides of the family went because it was basically like you're... That's a, you don't do birthdays. But, mm, you but want, it was my birthday. It was your birthday. Yeah. Um, But you want... You like people to celebrate your Burnley achievements with you. I want people... Yeah, Was I do. Sean Dyke's manager then? No, Owen Coyle. Oh, yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Any of the lads are back in training. 
Are they? Yeah, Ashley, Ashley and Ashley can't stand Cummings. They've been coming up with some belters. So when will football be back? Well, we've got German football, Did which I'm quite, quite enjoying. Um, is Cummings home? Is Cummings <laughs> home? Is Cummings? Is Cummings? <laughs> um, yeah, football's going to be back soon. We've got German football... Do you know where the you know the we have to talk about football because it's football feminism and everything in between. We've done a lot of everything in between. We've done my, my yeah. This podcast is mainly just everything in between. Now, we've, we've 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 done my commitment to fem, to feminism. Yeah, and do you know like the only way the only way I can watch this um, football without crowds is actually to have no sound on at all. Or what and you it's could really do interesting is then. you could watch it and play sound from another old football match. No, because that wouldn't work. Right? <laughs> It's actually not about the... The thing about a crowd is they they really answer... This is what you lot have never been able to understand about why I'm so obsessed about going to games rather than just watching on the telly. The crowd is part of the spectacle. The feelings of the crowd. You know that, because actually you never watch the football on the rare occasions you do go. You watch the crowd. I always watch the crowd. Yeah. I love the crowd. But I know that as well because I do live entertainment. Like I did a, a gig on Instagram the other day. It was the worst decision of my life why because you're talking into a camera like you're not getting the thing that you do it for which is like the reaction of other people mm. and, and feel, feeling like did it go down badly energy it, i mean i couldn't see how what people but did you get any feedback it was really weird because it was on selfridges's instagram and i'm really glad i did it was raising money for shout mental health charity but um, Idrissa was watching the comments on the Selfridges Instagram and it was just um, men being like, show us your tits, show us your tits, <laughs> do a dance for us, do a sexy dance for us, do a sexy dance Seriously? for us. Yeah, literally like oh, so many men. God. So what men do watching Selfridges website? Well, it, they were a lot I'm of... Not, by the way, like, I didn't mean by that that only women go to shops. I did not mean that. No, but it was like... I mean, what were these men doing? They were on it. I think it was a lot of Middle Eastern people watching it. <coughs> um, so that was mainly that. That was all. All it was was people telling me to get my tits out. God. But it was so odd. It was so odd. And I got Idrissa, my boyfriend. I, I said, "Well, let's do this thing. Whenever I tell a joke, because you know my material so well, just play canned laughter, so I feel like I'm getting something." But I, I told him I'd give him a signal every time. So then it was like I do a joke, he wouldn't play the canned laughter. I do the signal, he play the canned laughter. It was about 20 seconds later, the joke, it was just awful. Did I tell you the New European did a piece about the guy who invented canned laughter? No. Got it upstairs. Really interesting. Really? American guy. Somebody invented canned laughter. Yeah, it's so, it's legacy, it's so it? weird that that's what was in all form of comedy. Maybe, so see, see, canned... Do you you what... used to hate canned laughter. Oh, I remember I whenever I watched something with canned laughter, you'd come in and be like, turn it off! But listen, do you think they might end up going with football if you can't get crowds back? They have canned crowds. That's what I was alluding to. But do you think they'll, you know... Because even shows like Graham Norton and like all of those live chat shows... You need the audience. It just falls really flat without mm. the audience. Mm. I know, it's so weird, isn't it? That's because people matter, Grace. People matter, but also people coming together to make noise matters. Community, and when, when humanity. Will we be able to do that together? When will I see you again? It's ten weeks since I've been out of London. I went to the BBC in Manchester for sport relief. Yeah. I mean, and do you remember I phoned up and I said, I'm really worried about this. I think this is this is just not good to be here. 
Yeah. Well, I not that I don't like Manchester. I love Manchester. I love the BBC in Manchester. I, lo- I was meant to be going to Manchester the week after you went to Manchester. I was meant to be doing my tour show at... That was the first one you cancelled, wasn't it? The Lowry. I cancelled that whole weekend, which was up in... It was like Manchester, Leeds, York and Newcastle. So sad. People, they they couldn't get to see the big GC. They probably were just thinking that's what they've lived for, is to see you tell funny stories. No, and they probably, it's all they want. Just to see you tell funny stories. Yeah, and I can't, I'm not going to be able to do that show ever again, because by the end of this, it's going to be so out of date. What? The show that I was touring. Why? Because it's just out of date, and it's just sort of... Mm, So you have to get the whole new material? Yeah, I'll do... do... Shit, I've got to write new material again. Oh, shut the fuck up. You wish. You wish. Tell me, Joe. Uh, gratitude. That's funny. It's funny. You're, funny you're a barrel of laughs, aren't you? <laughs> Fucking chatty patty. Gratitude. Um, okay. I'm grateful for sunshine. Nice weather. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's too hot, but anyway. Okay. Debbie Downer. Grateful for sunshine. Grateful for... In all sunshine when she's gone. Grateful for... Anytime she goes away. <sighs> the fact that I've gotten loads of work done. Have you? Mm-hmm. On the big project we can't talk about. That and other stuff. I've had two big things that I've had to get done in the last few days and I got it okay. done, which I was really Good. happy about. Um, and grateful for... It's, it's tough pickings this week. I'm feeling pretty really angry at the world. Yeah, I'm quite angry. I'm gonna. Wait, I haven't done my third one. Okay. Um, Great. Oh, these fake nails. Yeah. Okay. Fake acrylic nails, which I love. Right. I'm really grateful for the tree books that my sister and Lindsay gave me, and another one the guy who wrote it sent to me as well. But they're absolutely beautiful coffee table tree books. J'adore. So I'm really grateful for that. I'm, I'm very grateful for the fact that we had the Wi-Fi fixed and I can now do my FaceTime personal training sessions in the garden. Ah, j'adore. So I actually can put so the, the phone... So the whole neighbourhood can watch how in amazing shape you are for yeah. 60... 60, 63. 63. Yeah, right. I sort of take take my top off, show the ripped abs and the pecs, <laughs> and so sort of, you know. Um, and I'm grateful to the people. Here's a good one. I'm grateful to the people who donated several thousand quid to Maytree um, for those crazy stuff that we did. Beat we were, Kathy Newman and no, the... and also was doing the the, the, oh, the workout with the bagpipes. That's so good. You raised that much. Well, it, was, it wasn't just me, but it was like so. There, that's okay, isn't it? J'adore. J'adore, j'adore, j'adore. Um, Should we do a little bit of the podcast in French? Pour les, puisque ouais. il, il est possi- and we could do German as well. No, parce que je parle pas l'allemand. D'accord. Mais on peut parler un petit peu en français. D'accord. En... Moi, la France, je dois le dire, la France me manque beaucoup. Oui, moi aussi. Parce que normalement, on y va peut-être tous les trois mois. Oh. On y va tout l'été, puisque ouais. j'adore être là. Euh, vraiment, ça me manque et. Pourquoi <rire> Le pays Le paysage, euh, la nourriture, la cuisine, la région. La culture. 
la région où on va, j'aime beaucoup parler français. Ouais. Et c'est mieux avec des Français. Et les amis On a des amis là-bas. Les amis, ouais. Zizi et tout. Et c'est... Mm -hmm. C'est vrai français, Zizi... Uh, you know, dire... Zizi means... Willy. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was about to say. I know, that's his nickname. That's so funny. Is that why he's called Zizi? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, und jetzt kann ich das auch auf Deutsch sprechen, weil meine, mein Goethes Institut. Okay, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. That was Grace and Alistair Campbell. Uh, you can catch us every week on the podcast app. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye, bye. <laughs> Funny where one choice takes you. From the edge of making a decision to doing research on the cutting edge. From being bored in your room to being heard in the boardroom. From the CAO to your first day at TU Dublin, ready for anything. One choice, infinite possibilities. Choose TU Dublin on your CAO. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.